From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast and I'm the bomb. Happy 22 Tuesday and welcome to Burncast. Burncast is brought to you by Pliazon, your online resource for that burning sensation. In today's episode, we speak to Gerthy McOrangestein, a burner and listener of Burncast, as well as a fellow participant in the Public Radio Talent Quest. But first, the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. First up, I'd like to thank all of those who supported me on my quest to be the next public radio host. The voting is still ongoing, but the last date of vote will be June 2nd, 2007. If I win this round, I win 500 bucks, which would all go to helping me bring Burncast to the playa for 2007. For more information and to cast your vote, visit burncast.net. Second up, there's still a lot of love for Cryptofishy coming all the way from San Diego Rangers, as we'll hear in this clip. The bomb! Hey, Ranger Beauty here. How you doing, darling? Uh, this is for Cryptofishy. I married her and Scott a couple of years ago, for real, at uh, just right behind uh, Ranger Outpost Tokyo. And uh, I just want her to know, I saw her last year at Outpost Berlin, and it was just amazing. And we had such a wonderful time sitting by the burn barrel. And Crypto Fishy, my heart goes out to you, darling. And when you come back to the burn, they've got a uh, theme camp there for burners who uh, have wheelchairs. And they're right there at center camp. And I know some people in that camp, and I would be honored to hook you up with them. They are just a bunch of amazing burners. And whenever the time is right for you or not, and uh, you know that the Rangers have a special place in our hearts for you, hon. And uh, the bomb, you are just more than the bomb. You, you are just above amazing and what you do for the burner community and what you've done for Crypto Fishy. And uh, I, I want to thank you. And uh, Rat Bastard, Knives, Rangers uh, down here in San Diego with uh, Sasquatch, who who is living here with us in Sarah Mesa. We we listen to your show and your podcast, and uh, we just it it just brightens our our Ranger day. <laughs> we are going out to the Joshua Tree Music Fest, and we're going to Ranger out there. And uh, we have other Rangers that are going to be at its Singularity this weekend. And then we were going to be going to the Integratrom ROM for anyone who wants to be a ranger. If you are interested in being a ranger, go to www.rangers.org and check out that information. We have the next ranger ROM, ranger orientation meeting on Saturday, June 16th for those in uh, Southern California because the next one is coming up at Flipside, that's in Texas. And also, we have Elysium coming up, and uh, we will be rangering out at Elysium, and we will be thinking about you, Crypto Fishy. So, uh, love to all you burners. Rock on, and uh, yeehaw! Yeehaw, Ranger Beauty. Please tell Sasquatch, or if he's listening to the episode, Hey, Sas, you're invited to have a go at being a Burncast announcer. I really would love for you to step up to the mic and do voiceover for an episode of the show. This is an open invitation, so get back to me when you feel like you want to give it a try, okay, Sass? 
All right, next on the Burncast Community Bulletin Board is an invitation for all Burncast listeners to stick a pin in our Frapper map and help put us on the map. We have pins from listeners all over the world, including Europe, Australia, and Indonesia. Represent yourself and pin your spot on the globe. It costs you nothing, and it's fun to see where other burners within the community are from. Okay, that about wraps up the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. I'd like to remind you that Burncast is an independent podcast about burners for burners to celebrate this awesome and beautiful community of Burning Man. However, we are not affiliated with the Burning Man organization, and so we really need you to help us out. Do me a favor. Go to the website, go to burncast.net, and click on the support tab. There you'll find at least a dozen and a half ways you could help us out, and most of them don't cost you anything but a couple minutes of your time. Okay, let's get on with today's episode. Girthy McOrangestein is a strapping lad originally from Montana, now living in Los Angeles. He describes himself as one of the city's red-necked urban cowboys. At the age of 21, his first visit to Black Rock City was in 2006 when the theme of Burning Man was hope and fear of the future. In this interview, Gerthy tells us how he literally went gonzo for his virgin burn and shares his experiences and enthusiasm for the playa. In the second half of our show, we talk about the Public Radio Talent Quest, National Public Radio, and its Los Angeles local affiliate stations. Hello, my name is Gerthy McOrnstein. I've only been to Burning Man once, and that was the last year. I wound up showing up there as a virgin and as a tourist, but I wound up leaving as a member of the vast community that is Black Rock City. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a very... Well, it's definitely a life-altering experience for me because, um, well, I first got introduced to the Burning Man Festival a year before I went, when I moved down to Los Angeles from Montana, that was a big step for me because it was, you know, a total change in scenery, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got there, I was counting on meeting up with my sister and she was going to, you know, help me find an apartment and all that kind of stuff. But when I got there, it was during Burning Man. And so she was gone for a good three days and I had to sleep on a, a associate of my dad's friend's floor. And it was uh, a, a one bedroom apartment occupied by three other people. So is this how you first heard about Burning Man? Was yeah. your sister had gone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she, she actually wanted me to go, but I was saving up all my money to move to Los Angeles and I only had like 1500 bucks mm-hmm. and I couldn't spend like, you know, six or 700 on it on supplies and uh, the ticket. Basically I went down to Los Angeles and I kind of s- stated this a shady apartment. When I got back, uh, my sister had been so changed by Burning Man because this was her first year that when she came back, she was still in Black Rock. And what do you mean she was still in Black Rock? Like she could only—that was all she wanted to talk about. And I was like, I, I can imagine that you had just the most profound religious experience out there in the <laughs> desert. But I'm sorry, uh, you like we have to go back into reality right now. I have no place to stay. All of my worldly possessions are in my car that's parked out on Sepulveda Boulevard and <laughs> Venice Boulevard. So, like, I want to get stabilized. Yeah, you know? I'm a Cancer, so I really need that like home. stable yeah. home kind of environment and 
basically I just felt like a fish out of water and like she wasn't helping that much and uh, she her heart was in the right place but yeah but her head wasn't or her heart was in black rock yeah being a virgin how did you prepare for burning man it was burning man 2006 correct yes uh, the, how did the you prepare fear for and it? hoping one well I was going in there the my main I had a partner going in with me uh it was my friend Garrett essentially we wanted to be absolutely prepared we didn't want any snag ups we didn't want to be a burden on anybody i mean we wanted to be part of the community and you know we 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 didn't want to stand out because you know we're not tourists we we like winning rome you know and so (laughs) we wanted to make sure that we could self-sustain for the entire week so obviously the first thing we did was read the survival guide yeah we were actually like one of the virgins that were serious you know good job okay yeah and uh so we read the survival guide found out the do's the don'ts what we needed and so we went to trader joe's and like stocked up on all this really tasty bites yeah hell yeah (laughs) you know and um you know we because we were gonna eat good out there you know and we'd been saving up for We've been saving up since January. And when we both realized, like, we have to go to this, you know, like everybody that we've ever talked to about it said it was amazing, that everybody should go, you know, like we wanted to check it out. So, you know, we stocked up on all this food and we were totally getting ready. And we were we were way ahead of everybody else that we were going up with because mm-hmm. <laughs> they kept on changing the plan like mm-hmm. every five minutes. And we just want to go up there and have a good time, you know. So when you got there and you had gotten what you believed was prepared did you find that you were actually prepared f- oh, we for were, the desert experience we were over prepared actually what do you mean well we wound up actually coming home with like enough food <laughs> to last us like we wound up the two of us living off of that food for like a month and a half <laughs> yeah. yeah like every time i'd roll over to his house man we'd just like raid the cooler because the cooler was still there like packed up you know like it was in his garage you know and so we we kept on just like dipping into the cooler his parents were like man we got food in here that's like swimming like yeah well that stuff's over a month old <laughs> <laughs> all right so i kind of want to make a sandwich the bread is how you prepared for burning man mm-hmm. the meat will be your burning man experience but mm-hmm. i wanted to put another slice of bread in before we s- put the meat in there Mm-hmm. After being a virgin and being prepared for Burning Man the first time, what was it like after you got back? I mean, what was the experience like? What was the decompression process like? For me? Right. What was it like? You know, anticipating it, and then what was it like after you got back? Was it everything you thought it was going to be? Oh, uh, Burning Man was everything I thought it was going to be, and more. How? Like, it, well, uh, the way my sister described it to me, and was she said it's a week-long rave and when she first told me that i did not want to go at all because i was like i'm not a big fan of raves you know mm-hmm. i'm not a big fan of ecstasy or mm-hmm. like uh you know the rave culture the and rave the drugs. culture yeah mm-hmm. like well I, I like the music i mm-hmm. love the music but i just I, I i'm not into the whole like uh glow sticks and that kind of stuff you know i just like to like groove on the music and i like to dance and i you know i don't want people coming up and grabbing on me you know (laughs) (laughs) which tends to happen (laughs) or they're like trying to like you know put stuff in your oh they're trying to put stuff in your face and you know you're like get away from me you eat hard come on <laughs> okay, so it was more than you'd even thought. So, what yeah. did you come away with? What what could you could you definitively describe Burning Man after you got oh, back? That's that's hard. Uh, uh, the way I what I found out what Burning Man was mm-hmm. was it was it was 
like heaven for artists for a creative person it's like it's the brigadoon of of creative people it's only there for a small amount of time every once in a great while you know once a year but it, then it disappears mm-hmm. you know and so it's a great analogy i yeah. used to say that too like just rising up out of the desert for mm-hmm. that one period of time and then, and then just poof. poof gone yeah yeah, yeah. and i like I, that whole element of it just completely amazed me and yeah the whole experience with it it it, it seemed like it was part break of June. Also reminded me a lot of like Mos Eisley, where never, oh, yeah, never will you find a haven for such so scum and villainy. villainy? Yeah, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. You must be cautious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> there's just like weird stuff that happens out there, and it was kind of funny because when I when I was out there, I felt as if at one point, I think it was around Wednesday night that I got possessed by the, the soul of Hunter S. Thompson. So the entire rest of the time I was a Burning Man, I was I was Raul Duke. Like, I, like, there's no changing of it. How? How did you do that? I mean, what happened? Uh, well, it was a combination of a few factors, but I was, like, I wound up tripping out, like, hardcore on a whole bunch of Bellas. The first night we were there, which was on Wednesday, the whole trip up there was kind of hectic. Mm-hmm. And we wound up getting on there Wednesday. It was horrible, but... I digress. Um, well, a lot of times the journey to Burning Man is the most challenging oh, part. Oh, yeah, and it was totally worth the trip. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the we, I remember Garrett and I both said to ourselves, like, this place better be just amazing. Because <laughs> if it's not, like, this is, this is just horrible. Like, no man should be put through this kind of torture. But, uh, yeah, I, we dropped a whole bunch of and started walking around, and it was the way, uh, I entered the, the whiskey and horse stripping contest and then we had to go and grab my ipod and it took us like 45 minutes to go three blocks <laughs> okay hold on what is the whiskey and horse stripping contest well whiskey and horse is a saloon out there mm-hmm. um and they had this event called horapalooza <laughs> <laughs> and i saw that in the guide and i was like hell yeah i'm doing that and my buddy carrot looks at me like what are you out of your mind and i was like dude like this this is Burning Man. There's like people out here walking around naked to like to begin with. I think me getting up on a stage and dancing like doing really do- a dope dance, like ain't gonna really you know sketch phase anybody. Phase you know, anybody. Yeah, you know? this is gonna be one of the most mundane things on the planet. So you know, I I was like, yeah, I'm totally entering this contest. I'm gonna do it to Apex Twins Window Liquor, <laughs> and it's gonna be dope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and was it dope? Uh, it was it was pretty awesome, but I I must say that uh, going up on that much elevation was not a good idea. Okay. Yeah, just because like you get out there and uh, you get the stage light, so you can't see everybody, but you know that there's every everybody's in there, and then you get that like thing like oh well everybody's looking at me, I better make this good, and I realized that my clothes weren't good for for like striptease i was wearing like all this like crazy desert gear. i was actually sort of dressed like hunter s thompson at the time <laughs> and i had like a hawaiian shirt on it was like vintage clothing that was like really uh like my great grandfather owned it and it was like it fit me perfectly so i had to like oh, unbutton everyone awesome. to like take it off and yeah but after a while i got really into it because that song the song grabbed me yeah and like next thing i know i was just waving and popping and all that stuff so okay so now you're getting into the meat of our sandwich i want to know give me a couple highlights we only have like 45 minutes on this tape so give me a couple highlights of your 
Burning Man 2006. Uh, Was it 2006? Yeah, 2006. Okay. Well, uh, one of the biggest highlights of it uh, was that first night when uh, it was well after the stripping contest. <laughs> we were walking around and we had this whole plan for the night that we we're going to go to different places and, you know, the different things we want to experience. We were being really nerdy about it. We were like actually picking out things in the events guide, which mm-hmm. we realized is the wrong idea to do. Why? Why is that? Because it's much better to just walk around and fall into stuff. That's how you find the, the way better things like. Falling down rabbit holes and yeah, portals and stuff. Exactly. But, uh, and also, you're only letting yourself up for disappointment, too, if you're going to go straight off the, the guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, we wanted, we wanted to go to, uh, like, uh, I think it was Connexus, somewhere around 2 o'clock. And we, uh, we wanted to get the cookies and milk at midnight. <laughs> and we go there, and we realized that, like, at that moment when we got to 2 o'clock, that we were actually in the barrio of Black Rock City. We're like, this is not a good neighborhood. Like, look, this is straight-up shantytown, man. This is bad. Like, kids walking around, like, no shirt on, mud caked all over them. Like, like we, this, like that was, like, definitely like, lots of Black Rock. We're like, dang, this is, like, just ghetto. Uh- and we're like looking around for uh, the, the cookies and milk place. We start asking people, you know, like, you know where you can find the cookies and milk? And they're just looking at us like all weird and everything. Like, who what are these two kids on? And we find uh, a couple of people and they tell us like, yeah, those lazy bastards never get around to doing it. You know, like uh, they always advertise it, but it never happens. <laughs> so at that point, we just form this like whole opinion on like that whole area. And we're like, yeah, man, screw two o'clock. Man, that place, that's like straight up barrio. We're like, we're like, we're like saying stuff like calling it like crack rock city <laughs> we wanted to have like uh we wanted to put like something in the event guide where it was like smoke rock at two o'clock <laughs> it was like we we just got creative with it that was like the theme of the whole night was just like nothing but hating on two o'clock like or like we started to diagram it like uh we started to lay out Black Rock as if it was L.A. We're like, yeah, we live in, like, the, the North Hollywood Burbank area. Hey, now, hey, now, I'm a valley girl. Watch it. Check <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. We, we, were, oh, we were in the good area. Oh, okay. We're saying, like, the North Hollywood uh, Burbank <laughs> area, like, because we were around uh, 630 and D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were right by Center Camp. Well uh, done, yeah. Yeah, equal distant to mm-hmm. both sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, man was right in front of us. You know, we knew where everything was at. We had a good handle on it. Good. So. So yeah, we, we like we were in a good area, and you know we we realized like we we totally called kept on calling the, the Esplanade uh, uh, Sunset. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you realized straight off not to really rely on the who, what, when, where, and yeah. Okay, what other experiences did you glean or on the on the uh, subject of um, of falling into stuff like mm-hmm. falling down the rabbit hole or whatever? Uh, we had this whole plan laid out that. No matter what was going to happen, we were guaranteed funk on 10 o'clock in E. Because that's what it advertised in the guide. Oh, what did it say? It was just guaranteed funk all night. Like, you know, like funk a palooza or something oh, like that. Oh, wow. Okay, And cool. they're going to be playing funk all night. So we we're like... So yeah. that was your fallback plan? Yeah, <laughs> we were going to fall back on 10, uh, 10, 10 and eager. So we... Uh, at one point, we roll on over to 10 and eager and... We get there and it was just whack. 
like totally whack. What do you mean? Like really crappy trance music. Oh. Like we're like this ain't funk. Like no, we want like we want the funk. We want the <laughs> funk. funk. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like we were all mad at that point. We were like pissed at that point. Like the night was like bust, and we wound up going to Ten Eager to lift our spirits because mm -hmm. we had to. You mm -hmm. know. The night nothing but had was nothing but failure, failure and misery. Aside from, but the acid just made that failure and misery just even more intense because you know it's an emotional drug, you know. Well, what do you mean about the failure and misery? Was it because you had plans and expectations, or um, because it wasn't what the guidebook had said, or? Oh no, like everything was like falling through, and then we actually had this like big time blowout with our camp. Oh, yeah, but okay. But that, but. Uh, when it comes to, but back to my, uh, what I was originally talking about, when we got to uh, 10E, we got so pissed that we just started walking down the street. And we're like, okay, we're just, you know what? We're going to look for whatever is good or dope. Like the first thing that we get into, we're going to just stick with it. We ain't going to move around. Like we're going to find something and stick with it. Mm -hmm. We walked down like two blocks, like 10 and Brave. There's like this huge dome tent, looks like a giant boob, you know? Like, <laughs> And it's blaring some of the dopest IDM that either of us mm -hmm. had like heard in a while. Like, you want to tell your our audience what IDM is? Uh, IDM is a. Uh, it used to be uh, known as experimental. It's a form of. It's a sub uh, genre of uh, of electronic music. That's. Uh, it's very. Uh, the only way I could describe it is very erratic and intense drum and bass, and uh, like some of it is just like very fast synthesized beats, but. If you have the right ear for it, you can find the the music and the rhythm to it. And the one thing I don't like about IDM is its name because what IDM stands for just sounds so pretentious. It's it stands for intelligent dance music, which is a ridiculous name for it because only like ten percent of it is actually danceable. <laughs> like it's all like. <laughs> you know it's like this crazy like dark deep like kind of noise you know and uh we, we're walking down and we just that that just like licked us in the ears and we're like, like, like <laughs> we're walking down we're walking down uh 10 o'clock and suddenly we just uh, we're walking down 10 o'clock and suddenly we just hear like and we're like yeah <laughs> And we walk into that. Uh, we walk into the dome, and we just start like breaking and popping, and we uh, we're just getting down. And Garrett rolls over to the DJ and gets a CD from him, and we listen to that CD like every day, you know, all day long. Like that was it was the soundtrack. Just soundtrack for, us. for yeah. your Burning Man. Okay. Yeah, it was just amazing music, and so we wound up spending the night all there. We wound up staying up all the way to sunrise. It's funny, like we wind up watching the sunrise as we're uh, sitting in our, sitting in the back of Garrett's uh, minivan, like trying to steal uh, the the internet connection that was coming off of the not not the main one that they had, but there's the camp that was right next to us. They had their own internet connection, oh, okay. so they were like siphoning off of them because it was way faster. Uh huh. And, like posting stuff on MySpace, like we're at Burning Man, and, like it's so awesome. And then like we kept like, getting messages back, like, well, if you're at Burning Man, what are you doing, what on, are MySpace? You doing <laughs> on MySpace? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. And, okay, like, we're like, hey, you know, we just spent like the last like 12 hours just completely tripping out of our minds. We need to like, you know, chill out for a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna wrap up your Burning Man experiences with. Uh, do you have any advice for virgins? 
Any now advice you, for virgins? Now that you are... Read the survival guide. Yeah. And if, if you have the chance to become part of a, a camp, like a, a theme camp, go ahead. But uh, uh, I'd say optimum experience would actually be try and go like a little min- minimalist when you, when you roll out into the playa. Cliff bars and water is really all you need. That was Gerthy McOrangestein sharing his 2006 virgin experiences to Black Rock City. We'll continue with our interview with Gerthy after this break. But for now, we're going to play a song by Mark Silverman, who is a songwriter and a comedian living in San Francisco. He's been featured on National Public Radio and Dr. Demento, and he's played hundreds of shows in the United States and in the United Kingdom. Mark is single, he is tall and handsome, he makes a lot of money, and he can spit real far. Burning Man, Burning Man used to be so cool Before they went and fucked it up with all these stupid rules My first year at Burning Man I had a lot of fun I dropped a lot of acid and I shot stuff with a gun And it made some people nervous but for me it was a thrill I don't know if anyone got hurt but nobody was killed Yeah, Burning Man, Burning Man used to be so cool Before they went and fucked it up with all these stupid rules My second year at Burning Man, I had a lot of sex with a lot of different ladies and one guy in a dress, and I didn't use a condom, Lord, for me it was a thrill. I think that I got herpes there, but nobody was killed. Burning Man, Burning Man used to be so cool, before they went and fucked it up with all these stupid rules. My third year at Burning Man, I had a big art car And I drank a lot of whiskey and I drove it near and far And I drove it pretty fast, I guess for me it was a thrill I smashed into the man one night, but nobody was killed Burning Man, Burning Man used to be so cool Before they went and fucked it up with all these stupid rules My fourth year at Burning Man, there were tourists everywhere And I complained to everyone, but no one seemed to care So I cursed out Larry Harvey, for me it was a thrill The Rangers beat me bloody then, but nobody was killed Yeah, Burning Man, Burning Man used to be so cool Before they went and fucked it up with all these stupid rules My fifth year at Burning Man, they wouldn't let me in They said I was preceded by my reputation So I spent some time in Reno, yeah, for me it was a thrill I lost a million dollars there, but nobody was killed Reno, Nevada, Reno, Nevada used to be so cool Before they went and fucked it up with all these stupid rules Well, Burning Man, Burning Man used to be so cool Before they went and fucked it up with all these stupid rules Yeah, Burning Man, Burning Man used to be so cool Before they went and fucked it up with all That was Mark Silverman with his song entitled, Burning Man Sucks, Don't Go. For more information, just click on our show notes at burncast.net. We now continue with our interview with Gerthy McGornstein. Let's talk about the uh, Public Radio Talent Quest, Mm. because this is how I found out about you. Gerthy McGornstein is a listener of Burncast, but he's also one of the participants in the Public Radio Talent Quest. And uh, we found each other on the boards there. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about your hopes and dreams for this p- particular um, contest. Well, my goals with the Talent Quest, the, the contest actually, I, I'm not really in it to win. Like, I, I, I'm, of course, in it to win, but uh, that's not, like, 
the one thing I'm aiming for, especially at this moment, because we're still in the first round, so I don't want to get my hopes up too much. But what I really want is I want to network. Mm-hmm. And hey, I'm doing it right now. That's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I I just want to, to build up my uh, network of people like working in broadcasting and you know, podcasting and, you know, any kind of uh, audio uh, medium just because it's it's an industry that I really want to get into. Um, I would like to make this my career, so. Have you listened to a lot of submissions? And Yeah, actually, I, I listen to, like, I listen to, like, maybe 10 a day. Uh, 10 a day like, oh, that's good, okay. And try and comment on all of them. There's some of them, like, uh, where I like, don't feel like uh, I need to comment on it. I just want to vote on it, you know? But uh, most of them I try, and uh, if I, especially if I really like it, I want to comment uh, on theirs, and I leave mine. I'm like, listen to mine. You know, if you like mine, yeah. then, you know, you see where it goes from there. So Now, how are you getting people to vote? Because I'm running into an issue of, oh, I've got to log in and make an account. I don't want to do this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I've, uh, the way I've found is uh, you're really, really good friends. Mm-hmm. We'll go that extra mile. But uh, mainly if the person isn't into public radio to begin with, yeah, they're that's not right. going to care. They're not going to care. And I, I can deal with that. If uh, uh, With my friend B, who is actually the person that got me into the contest, uh, what she's got going for her is she has a huge, huge base, like fan base for her show and everything. So, Well, tell us a little how she got you into this. Well, uh, B got me into radio. I, I kind of got into radio on uh, completely on accident. Uh, I was a film major mm-hmm. at first, and I wanted to study animation. That's actually what I wanted to do. Um, but uh, as I was going to school, I realized that I don't want to work in animation because it's a very high-stress job, and, you know, uh I have uh, certain uh, mental ailments that uh, are not good in high-stress situations. Okay. Um, and I know there's high stress in, in radio as well, but it's something I actually have a better grasp on. You know? What do you think it is? Do you think it's the anonymity of being behind a mic? or? It's a few things. It's uh, First off, I'm really good. Uh, I always felt as if I'm really good at talking and uh with like conversation wise, mm-hmm. I, I I'm very good at. I also can relate to people, and you know, with with animation, it seems like like there's so much that you have to go into, it and most of the time, uh, when you're starting out, you're gonna be working on in like a a job where you're gonna have somebody breathing down your neck, and you're you don't get to actually be as creative as you as you can with. It's radio. a group effort. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a group effort. Yeah, uh, that's not a big deal as much to me as the fact that it it's you're you're being critiqued so harshly and it, you know everything has to be perfect according to this person you know and you know relatively like on your side you might not think it's that great you know and like you might want to make something you might think that something will be funnier if you draw it or animate it a certain way but this person doesn't think so okay so b yeah, got b, you yeah. into radio yeah she got me into radio and she gave me a a, a huge amount of creative freedom you know, she just said, you know, make sure you follow the FCC rules. And I said, I can do that. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so. Do you want to do a plug for B and what her show is and all that? Oh, stuff? yeah. Uh, B, has, she is the host of the Suicide Girls radio show on Indy 1031 FM. The show broadcasts every Sunday night from 12 o'clock midnight to 2 a.m. 
if you're in Los Angeles, or you can also get it off the internet on iTunes. Uh, if you have any relationship problems or in dire need of love advice, she'll help you out. Will she really? You. Oh, yes. Is she's, she good? Yeah, she's very good. She's helped me out quite a bit, actually. Okay. That's actually how I wound up becoming friends with her, is just calling into her show and... You know, I wind up becoming a person that just would call in all the time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, right on. Yeah. Okay, so let's pretend that um, we win first round. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with the $500? Oh, man. Um, well, what I really want to do with uh, the 500 bucks would be uh, get some better equipment for my, for my own area. Like, mm -hmm. I want to get a better mic, because mm -hmm. right now I have a really crappy computer mic that automatically puts static on everything oh that sucks okay yeah it's yeah. like it's one of those it's like a just like a normal um like logitech usb yeah usb yeah. microphone yeah and i want to get a really nice um uh microphone that will, so i don't have to rely on my friend's sound system or anything like that do you know if we're gonna we do another submission on round two don't actually we? yeah that'll round two to whenever in in, in perpetuity we mm -hmm. get challenged we get we get thrown down some challenges so really? i'm curious what that's going to be about yeah but for me uh if i win round one and that's why i need your votes folks um, if I went around one, 500 bucks would help me get the shade structure I want for the Burncast podcast studio. Oh, on, on BlackRock? Yeah. If you go to Burncast, there's a wish list I have on the support tab. And one of them is this, like, it's about, I think it's seven or $800 dome. And so $500 would totally help. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's definitely, yeah. Yeah. Give it a good cause right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all right. So what if you win? Like what, the what? host, you are Mr. Hostiness. I am Mr. Hostiness. Well, isn't it like three people? Three people get yeah. twins. So what if you're one of them? If I'm one of them, wow. What kind of show would you want to develop? Well, I would want to do a show dedicated on the uh, underground scene in Los Angeles. I, like, I would want to do one where, I, actually, I kind of, I, I like a little bit of what your format is, mm -hmm. where you go and interview different arts and people, you know, the people in the arts and all that stuff. But um, I definitely want mine to be like a cultural show to, to sort of give a better view of the way uh, of the way young people and actually it's not just young people, but just people in that scene are because there's a lot of misconceptions they they think everybody's like a you know pill-popping drug-addled you know crazy person you know and they don't understand the music and i want people uh mm -hmm. oh man there was i, I went wait, wait i'm gonna stop you before you okay. go that's why i got into burncast because i i was trying to break a stereotype of what people think burners are mm -hmm. i mean I was really disgusted with the way media portrayed, you know, naked hippies on drugs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that is part of Burning Man. It's a really small part of Burning Man. There's so much more. Oh, sure. Yeah. There, yeah. There's so much more. Like, I, I hate any kind of blanket statements or broad generalizations about any group of people, you know, just because you're giving an unfair rap, you know? Yeah. And... <clears throat> So your show would be about underground culture of yeah. Los Angeles? Or? Yeah, well, it, it would eventually take it, like, everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, have, like, stuff with the New York scene and also uh, the DFW, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. You know, there's a big scene out there. And, uh, you know, just, just go around all the different areas, you know. And then all, uh, not only that, but also have, you know, underground hip-hop, uh, mm -hmm. have some of the stuff out that's going on in the No Coast movement with uh, Minneapolis, you know, with uh, Atmosphere and Cancer and, you know, like all those groups. And when I was in Montana, we, we got into the whole underground hip-hop movement out there, too, because there's a couple bands that were really dope, like, uh, emerging out of the Bozeman area. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I just want to, I don't think there's uh, enough forums for emerging artists uh, to, to express themselves, to get that exposure that they need, you know? I think that's a, if, if I were NPR, mm -hmm. um, I think a fresh young voice would be nice. And I think you, you're talking something that sounds compelling to me. Mm -hmm. I love NPR. I do listen to it, but there's not a young voice. They're all really old people. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't mean to say that in a disparaging way, but mm -hmm. the shows are 12 to 20 years old. Oh, what's, yeah. the, what's the newest show I've heard on NPR well, on national radio? On national public radio. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't really tell you. Like, I, I, I started listening to NPR when I was in college, because mm -hmm. that was actually the first time I had access to an NPR station. I was in Bozeman, Montana. Mm -hmm. I, I grew up in the middle of uh, the Bitterroot Valley, which I think between five towns collectively there was maybe. I don't know, 20,000 people. You know, I don't mean to interrupt, but it amazes me that this is a national contest for mm -hmm. a new public radio talent. Mm -hmm. And I did not hear about it on public radio. Yeah. I heard about it through a podcast yeah. from an independent podcast. And so I went looking around in KCRW, KPFK, and KPCC, my local affiliates here. Mm. It's not even on their websites. Yeah, well, they're not partners in this uh in this uh, contest, I've found like it has on the side of the website. Uh -huh. It has all the the partners on the like all their affiliates on the side. Like Chicago's on there, and there's there's a couple of them, but like yeah, uh, KCRW is not on there. I'm sure that's something political, and I don't understand it. But yeah. but just as a listener, I'm like, why? Yeah, you know? exactly. Well. Anything you want to say to the Public Radio Talent Quest voters or to Black Rock City citizens? Um, well, uh, vote for us, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, well, I hope to see y'all on the playa this uh, this summer, all greened out. And uh, <laughs> oh, and uh, I uh, I'm going hopefully if everything goes right, I'm uh, going to be opening a. Uh, oh yeah, this is good, guys. Listen to this. I'm going to be opening a little uh, bakery or a little like dining shop uh, in Black Rock. Uh, I'm not sure where the location is going to be yet, but we kind of want to go where we camped last year, so maybe around six o'clock. But uh -huh. that's kind of high open. Uh -huh. But it's going to be called the the Waken Bakery, and we are going to be serving pie for breakfast. Pie! I'm so excited. <laughs> pie yeah. Pie for breakfast. Pie yes. for breakfast, and and then you're going to get some people to go like take down the pancake salad. oh yeah yeah we're gonna go have people picketing at the pancake shops yeah they're gonna love us there i can i could tell but well we figure that if we do that we'll be legends <laughs> legends of black rock oh you already have my vote and my heart well hey we'll get you a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have them we're gonna make them look like uh you know the vote for pedro t-shirts for say pie for breakfast yay yeah. okay and then have jaya on the back <laughs> <laughs> to go with the L.A. vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck, like I said. And um, I'm looking forward to when you produce your own burn cast. Um, so look forward to that, folks. And thank you very much. And thank you for having me on. That was Gerthy McOrnstein, another awesome burner who is gunning to be the next host on the Public Radio Talent Quest. Listen to his submission for this contest by clicking on our show notes at burncast.net. We'll conclude the show with music from Slish. For more information about Slish, go to our show notes at... You guessed it, burncast.net. I guess I'll go to a punk show. Cause I heard that rave is so passe now. I guess I'll go move to Frisco. 
when I get there, I'll dye my hair blue. I will live in the lower hate. I will dress in rayon sportswear. I'll get tattooed at her nose. It will be something hip and tribal. I will go get my face pierced, my septum, my eyebrows, and around my mouth. And then I will go get my dick pierced. I'll have one east and west, the other going north and south. And I'll be like Genesis P. Orange. I'll grow old, but I'll still get lots of stripper chicks. I'll have to sit down when I pee pee. But that's the price that I pay, cause I wanna be cool. for checking out the Public Radio Talent Quest. I'm Scott Simon from NPR News, and I want to know who you want to hear on the radio. Hundreds of people have sent in tapes. Now you decide who's really great. The Public Radio Talent Quest wants to find radio hosts who are engaging and smart. What we're really looking for is that rare person who can pull you into the radio, keep you feeling connected and close. This is the first time that Public Radio has asked the audience to do something like this. We trust that you'll tell us who you want to hear more from and who should just keep listening at home. The contest is absolutely real. Three winners get $16,000 and the chance to make their own show. A team of radio pros and you will pick the winners. You know what they say about what happens when you don't vote? Well, raise your voice and tell us who you want to hear on the radio. Click the Listen and Vote button now. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. You have been listening to Burncast, a podcast spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. 
To contact us, please call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416 or leave us a message by clicking on the MyChingo audio recorder at our website, burncast.net. Burncast is brought to you by our sponsor, PlyaZon.com, your online resource for that burning sensation. Remember, you got a shop to burn. A very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts.